0: the chicago bears win 14 game losing streak is snapped 40 to 20 against the washington commanders on thursday night nick and i talk you through the highs the lows the ups the downs the ins and the outs of this game on this episode of bear with us What's going on, everybody? My name is Robert Schmitz, the editor-in-chief of Dub Bears blog, here as always with Nick Whalen of Football Guys. And man, Nick, how does it feel to finally win a game almost a year after oh, the last win, I
1: guess? <laughs> uh, I'm smiling, man. Like it's been a while since I've smiled with the Bears football game, you know, or how how they've played. I mean. Do I say a complete game I mean it got really close there for a while but it's uh <laughs> it's awesome I mean you said snapping the losing streak we also have to say they snapped that well giving up 24 points for how many games in a row it was only 20 so they broke right. that
0: streak too and you know it's so funny because like okay let's let's stick positive before I put any asterisks on this because I there's a comment to be made about how Washington if the shoe was on the other foot and you and i were wearing commanders jerseys right we'd say wow uh not a good one our team clearly overlooked the chicago bears and we made every mistake along the way possible to make sure that we couldn't possibly bring the game back that fumble in the second quarter or in the third quarter didn't help anything missing a field goal that keeps you within reach blowing the entire first half offensively but but i'm not a commanders guy i'm a bears fan and oh my gosh can I, can I start where I want to start, Nick? Yeah. The supporting cast. I know. I know. We'll get to talking about the NFL's current leader in touchdowns uh, for, like, in Justin Fields, who currently leads the NFL in touchdowns. If oh. you wanted to go there, week five asterisk and all that. But oh, we'll go there. The, the receivers, they were running open all night long. Cole Kmet had a huge wiggle route. I don't know what you'd call it. I guess you'd call it like a crosser or a drag over the middle. But all the same, he gave that linebacker a shimmy before crossing his face on that touchdown. Mm -hmm. And nobody's supposed to cross your face in defensive coverage. So kudos to 85 for making his way there. DJ Moore obviously catches 230 yards. But maybe most importantly, the offensive line balled out. This is a defensive line loaded with stars. Like, And I was talking to a commanders guy earlier. His name's Big Doug. He was a great interview. He talked about how the Washington defensive line hadn't gone off to the start that anybody in Washington wanted them to, but all the same, this is Deron Payne. The guy that we were salivating over in free agency. This is Jonathan Allen, one of the best three Texans in football. This is Montez Sweat, who at times was handing Darnell Wright his lunch back on a platter, but then Wright got back on top of him. And Chase Young, another target Bears fans have been going after for as long as I can remember, and they blitzed occasionally, and a bunch of other things, this offensive line balled out in not just the pass game, but the run game too. I'm throwing a line at you, Nick, but you know what? Like, there's a lot that we say about Getzy. There's a lot that we say about Fields. I I have seen a lot of talk as all this Caleb Williams mess started really coming up that the Bears didn't have a positive enough environment to develop a quarterback with. And this, to me, looked like a quarterback very, very well supported. And I kind of just want to give like a little round of applause, right? Because we missed Darnell Mooney on a deep route. Darnell didn't come up with a catch that could have been PI. There were a couple others like Mooney's running open. Moore's running open. Kmet did his job. Offensive line was awesome. It it was great to not have to see a quarterback do more than limit the bad plays while hitting some of the good ones today, which Fields did great at. By the way, I would argue his best. Best thing he did, keep the ball out of harm's way and take the biggest disasters and undisaster them throughout this Bears game. But that's a big rant. Let me turn this back over to you. What did you
1: think? <laughs> well, well, the, the sentence of the biggest disasters and undisaster them is an interesting phrase, but uh, I get what you're saying. Um, yeah, I mean, I mean, there's I mean, we won't go negative right away, but yeah, there's certainly um some huge positives, and when you want to talk about you know, DJ Moore is, you know, dealing and Justin Fields is dealing. I think Luke Getzey has done well. I don't know that he's completely in his bag uh, because, like, I was thinking of multiple things like, okay, do this differently, do this differently. And we'll dive into that. But he's been much better, and especially in the first half of games, and even at the end there, right? Cause I was begging for a play action on second down and then they threw on third down, but still like, you know, you're not going to be able to get it on third and short, you know what they're going to be doing. They have like eight or nine guys up there. So um, yeah, a huge support to him again, more adversity on defense and offense. I mean, we lose three running backs. We right. lose an offensive lineman, which you know how I feel about him, but either okay. way, I don't Come want on. Come on. Hurt. Let me make the joke so
0: you don't have to, because I said this on Twitter at the time. That is one of the rare moments you will ever see an offensive line get better on accident because the Patrick injury forced Whitehair back to center, which immediately upgraded the center, and then any moment, because it was about half the game, that you had Tevin Jenkins in at left guard, suddenly you had Borum, Jenkins, Whitehair, Davis, and Wright. The interior was on lock. The the exterior was good enough. Like,
1: that's that's an okay and offensive and there's, line. There's rushing lanes. <gasps> there's Jonathan Allen not getting walking the offensive lineman back. I mean, it was and then <laughs> you know to Tyree Carter, like I'm not gonna fault him. Jonathan Allen, I mean, that D-line's a beast. Like, you got you were getting crushed, but like I'm gonna give you some. But so that. And Cole Comet had another nice game. You know, you talked about that. I call it a jerk route. So you come across the middle and you give a little hesitation and you keep coming. Um, cause they think you're going to do a Hank route, right? Or right. A spot right over the ball. And so they close, and then you keep going. Um, but even like the defense, like literally band-aided secondary, like everyone's yeah. injured. Stevenson can't get out of his own way for, I mean, literally if you were to bet any kind of money, like, Hey, He'll, he'll do a pass breakup or not PI you to put money on it. How much money are you going to put on any pass his way,
0: man? I'll tell you what I think is so funny about Stevenson. Cause I feel like everybody does that. There are a couple things in uh, football, Nick, that we always do. Despite the fact that the data never says it's going to work, right? Like this is especially an off season thing. People go, Oh man, this rookie quarterback, I think he's about to lead that team to the division. That was Bryce Young with the Carolina Panthers for months after he got drafted. Yep. Yep. Despite the fact that rookie quarterbacks, and especially rookie quarterbacks with no weapons to throw to, historically struggle. And that's what makes CJ Stroud so outstanding. We also do this thing where we expect corners and tackles to be good out of the gate, and they are not. Like, for instance, I would agree with you, Nick. Normally, I would be like, oh, yeah, Tyreek had a rough one. Except there's a first-round pick that had a way worse game on the other team. Emmanuel Forbes got dusted Benched. by DJ Moore. Benched. <laughs> I mean, a nigh on loss game in terms of uh, truly, truly. So Fields finishes with, what, 282 yards? He didn't throw a pass at the end of the game, yep. did he? Yeah, 282. Yep. So DJ Moore caught 81.5%. Of Justin Fields' passing yards. Conceptualize that for a minute, Nick. Like yeah. it is one thing to it's one thing to say Fields played really well. And he did. Do not take anything away from him. Probably my favorite thing. Let's let's talk about this. So Luke Getze. What's his official title? Is it is it play caller,
1: Nick? It, it it's a coordinator of the it's offense.
0: Offensive coordinator. And I can't help but think one of the best things that Luke Getzey did was that. Come hell or high water, I don't know who did it, whether we want to give Andrew Jinoko the credit, but I'm going to, at this moment, pat Luke Getzee and Justin Fields on the shoulder with both of my hands, like envision me in the middle, and I'm going to pat both of them on the shoulder with one hand each, because against cover two zone, they just mutually agreed, throw it to DJ Moore's outside shoulder. And more came through every single time. What did this mean? This meant we got the ball out. This meant that against zone, we had a place to go. We hit Kmet on a deeper curl route against a separate zone earlier in the game. We had answers against the coverages that we knew were coming. And that's all I wanted to see after it seemed as if similar coverages flustered the bears last week against Denver. This looks like a quarter. And all
1: season. Let's just say all season, all season. frustrated them.
0: Honestly, all season. This looked like a quarterback and an offense that had an answer. It may not be the answer the entire season, but having an answer looks so
1: much better, doesn't it? Than
0: holding on to the ball for five and a half seconds and charging well, and, and, into your offensive line. And
1: his eyes were pretty good, mm-hmm. I thought. And when, you know, I think he held on the ball a little longer in the second half when things got tight, but he still made it work. As you said, what did you call it before? Un- uh, taking the disaster plays and undisastering them undisastering, you know, so here, here's some fun stats and then I'll get into some of that stuff that you were, you were talking about. So the athletic put this out and I retweeted it. Justin Fields, when targeting DJ Moore this season, yeah, <laughs> as as a, as a, a perfect quarterback rating, 158.3, he's 27 of 34 for 531 yards and five touchdowns, which I mean, you talked about. Throwing to more on the outside shoulder. So let's let's break down a couple of things. One, okay. One, that was a touchdown down the sideline. Don't not, not sure why they called him out. I've not seen anything even close to him out. He barely missed him on that corner shot on that streak, uh, just outside his fingertips for another touchdown. So really, it could have been a five touchdown performance. And the touchdown at the end, people are gonna be like, "Wow, that was really lucky." It wasn't lucky. Where Justin Fields threw that ball was high and outside. Either DJ Moore was going to catch it or nobody was going to catch it on that third and two. That makes it a safe throw, in my opinion. Well,
0: that plus to at least some degree, for crying out loud. The more you learn about football, Nick, this is at least how I feel. It's probably how you feel, too. The more you learn, the more you realize how little you can know. You have to speak in generalities, right? Because we don't know what they're being coached at any point. Did Fields look anything like he looked in week one? No, not at all. Like, week one Fields looked like he hadn't attended camp compared to week five Fields, just in terms of drop pace, in terms of where are we going with the football, in terms of how are we releasing it? I mean, for crying out loud against, what was it, Tampa Bay, we even had a pass to Chase Claypool on that out route where the ball looked like it got tipped and real people swore it got tipped. It didn't get tipped. It just came out of his hand really terribly.
1: so I, speaking of that one, DJ Moore's first touchdown, that that uh, corner round, mm-hmm. that one looked like it came out a little funny to me. Did you see any of that?
0: Oh, I was just so excited that he'd hit a hole shot that I, was, I didn't care. Was,
1: I don't think it was not <laughs> nearly as bad as that one, but I saw a little bit of it, but nothing else the rest of the game. So which, I'm going to have to go back and rewatch that which, one. By the way, badass call. From
0: what I could tell, and this is just a super quick review, the Bears had figured out that they were going to get four verts, Uh, The Bears figured out they were going to get Tampa 2 on 3rd and 14, which, to be fair, that's something Iberflues does a lot too. So in a lot of these defenses, that's the call. And they just ran four verticals against it. And what that means is, for anybody listening, the deep safety is going to play the inside route because when as Mooney just darted up the field, he turned his hips inside, which opened up this gaping hole in the corner of the end zone. And, I mean, it was wide open with a capital W. But
1: To me, yeah. Well, and just so you know, so so everyone that's wondering why would that be? Because if throwing to the outside's a longer throw, it takes more time, gives him a chance to recover. So that's why it's designed that way to play inside out.
0: Right, exactly. And so I I'll tell you what, there are so many quarterbacks out there that people give grief to. Seriously. Like the to me, a game like Denver, where it looks like the defense can't defend anything on accident. At some points like that's that's great. And Fields made some special physical throws, but we knew Fields could make some special physical throws that didn't make me say, have we advanced right in this game? Not only did we chain two good performances, so that makes the performance against DVOA's worst historical defense tracked so far. I will keep saying it because that is three asterisks like in and of itself. But this Washington defense is very NFL normal. They've got NFL talent. This is a defense you should be able to beat. And moreover, Nick, I'm going to say something that might be music to your quarterback friendly ears. We've got to stop doing this thing where we want quarterbacks to play so out of structure that we almost get frustrated when they play well within structure. Mm -hmm. I'm really excited. That Fields yep. to some people looked like all
1: he did was distribute the ball. Good, good. that's the quarterback's job. <laughs> that, like, that's the, when, when you go through your play calls. You're like, "Yep, perfect. Yep, do this." Just <laughs> the preseason screens. I don't care. Just get your weapons and let them do their thing. That's the quarterback's job.
0: Like mm-hmm. it's where the Brock Purdy hate. Does anybody? Does anybody think Brock Purdy is the most talented quarterback in football? I don't know if anybody does, but he's playing phenomenal football. Because he distributes to his weapons. And tonight, why would you go anywhere but DJ Moore? And I thought Fields kind of got jobbed on some of these. Like, DJ comes up huge with that touchdown that, yes, of course, it was a sweet throw that DJ Moore tracked down. But, man, there are a lot of receivers that don't catch that ball. Like, that is a well, really phenomenal catch.
1: Well, like, even even talking about, like, tonight, right? So, uh, DJ Moore had 10 targets, caught eight of them. So, one was the, the one in the corner he didn't get, and the other one was the... The PI that was not called right. Cole Komet, five receptions on five targets. Tunyon two on two targets. St. Brown missed that one swing. Herbert missed three, which I think were just checkdowns and tips. But and the, and
0: the sweet give and go play that I'm so amped. He attempted again because he used to oh. do that as a rookie. And mm-hmm. I I'm okay. It's just totally my opinion. Right. But it looked to me like Fields got to it just late enough, like he had the idea and then he started thinking about it and then he threw the ball to Herbert. But like very normal bodily reaction, Nick, this is me like tinfoil hatting. Right. But when if I ran at you, you're going to tense up and roll your shoulder forward right it to brace yourself for a hit like a normal person and yep. fields as he's throwing it seemed like he hooked the ball to his left a little bit which is what it would have been if he tensed his shoulders at all wouldn't mm-hmm. surprise but i'm just excited we're doing it at all because there yeah. are going to be these give and go opportunities well,
1: we, we saw it last week mm-hmm. we see it again this week exactly now, here, here's the one thing that does bother me though tell me happened last week as well and that's happening this week darnell mooney four targets no receptions he to the, the start of the game I I tweeted this out. Darnell Mooney, just continue to run and catch it over your shoulder. Why why are you trying to high point it when you could know there's no contested reception there? And it continued throughout the game. And he's kind of had, honestly, a slow season, even though he has this rapport with Justin Fields. Now, being the wide receiver one last year and now looking at DJ Moore, we really know what a wide receiver one is now. So I get that part. You're not going to get as many targets, but we're missing some chemistry pieces here with Mooney. We're missing some chemistry pieces. I personally thought
0: Mooney got jobbed. I'm not a refs guy. I'm normally, I like the what the refs are, what they are. They're practically like a force of nature. Sometimes you're going to get a call like the, sometimes you'll get a call like the, gosh, there was at least one that went the Bears way. I know there's at least
1: one. Well, there. there's two of them with Stevenson. One, he he tried to turn and they, didn't, they flagged and then they called off another one was to Logan Thomas, which he did interfere. And they didn't right. call.
0: Right. So sometimes you're going to get a call. And other mm-hmm. times I thought Mooney got the equivalent of like punch in the face. Like that's to me, that's plain Jane DPI in the end zone. But yep. whatever. I mean, sometimes you don't get the break. Right. <laughs> it did feel like on that deep over fields just didn't connect with Mooney. That's a tough throw. You're not going to get it. Every on time. I think the would have helped. If if Mooney didn't turn or Mooney's actually done this a lot, it seems like when Mooney makes blatant contact with the DB and then he gets spun around, he doesn't resume his route. I don't know why. I don't know what he sees, but that's just a common thing. Either way, he and Fields didn't connect and that's fine. But it's more to say, Nick, that to me, it sure feels like taking Claypool out has meant that the Bears have simplified the offense within their passing concepts because now they're not doing this song and dance that a lot of teams with a lot of receivers do, where they say, okay, well, on this play, Curtis Samuel is going to be our wide receiver one. And on this play, John Dotson is going to be our wide receiver one. And on this play, Terry McLaurin is going to be our wide receiver one. They go, nope, it's DJ or it's Mooney, <laughs> Why don't, number Wait. one and number two.
1: Maybe throwing well, we'll Like, throw like times. Washington, it's like, what are you doing? Like, like when you needed some stuff, Terry McLaurin's not in the game. I'm like, why, why? I I joked about this. Hurt. I'm like Byron yeah. Pringle revenge game. Like, why is he out there and not Terry McLaurin? Right, he had to be hurt, didn't he? Like, I mean, I don't know. He, I mean, it, it seemed like they're overthinking it, but that might be the case. I mean, he was in at the last drive, right? Well, the last drive nothing- because a hurt football player is not going to be denied at that point.
0: Like, like let's say what.
1: <laughs> I want the stats. <laughs> but, um, so yeah, so that, that's that's certainly one thing. I mean, I again, I think we've we've talked about this. I'm I'm pro Claypool. I would love for him to come back sure. and, and and resurrect this thing. Like that would be great because I think he can help the team. Because as we saw, Tyler Scott getting any targets. Saint Brown. I'm not sure if you saw this by the way. Saint Brown was on the field as a gunner on a punt that he didn't do anything like he got shoved and like almost like pancaked, like 20 yards down the field. And I'm like that, that's when, that's when, uh, I think it was Jameson Crowder, had like a 15 yard return and like no one was around him. I was like, this is, this <laughs> is pathetic. like, So, so, so that that's right there. Um, do you want to talk about the running back injuries or you want to talk about defense or, or do you want to hear Justin Fields passing game pace this year?
0: Well, but I, first of all, all three of those are great conversations. The number one that I really want to just I want to hit the nail one more time about the offensive line, because there's it, it is just the easiest thing it is. So there's this joke I saw on Twitter the other day that made me laugh. Maybe it'll make you laugh, too, where they said there's nothing funnier than going around to every fan's forum posts, Twitter fan base, et cetera, and finding that it turns out twenty-five out of the 32 NFL fan bases every single year are convinced that their offensive line is the absolute worst in football and yeah, heard that one, yeah. made me laugh because it's totally true i mean if your offense is the 24th best in football the bears coming into this game were the 10th best pass blocking offensive line in football per pff and i bet they'll get better after this game like this offensive line is playing about as good as you can ask. Near, better. near as Week good as it is. Week one
1: was terrible. Ask. Week one was terrible, and then it's slowly it's totally gone up. Totally. But a game like this
0: against that defensive line, like mm-hmm. that puts you in great spirits going to Minnesota and then oh, Las Minnesota. Vegas after that. Like mm-hmm. we're talking about a defensive line. To me, the best thing that this offensive line is doing, not to get distracted, uh, is picking up blitzes. When you throw extra rushers at Chicago, it's not bothering Chicago right now, which is actually to whether it's Getze, Chris Morgan, I don't know who to pat on the back right now, but it's to somebody's credit. And yep. we'll probably give a little bit of credit to Justin Fields, his right. quarterback a field. calling the pass, bro. Like, and yep. so we saw this against Tampa, honestly, where every time Tampa blitzed, more often than not, it it worked out against them. And we saw it tonight on the occasional Washington blitz, but I really can't say enough about the rushing lanes that the Bears started to open tonight, easily their best rushing game. Of the year, I think. And it sucks that the running, running backs got hurt like they did. But Ugh. from the perspective of getting a strong, let's call it evaluation on Justin Fields, this is the kind of game that should things go south. And I, hopefully they don't. Honestly, this rules. Keep, keep me on this high, right? This is great. But if things do go south, Nick, we can go point back to this commander's game and say, no, these guys can play. Like, we we can see that this offensive line can play a little bit.
1: You know yeah. what I mean? Look, well, and I think it's only going to get better. Like, we talked sure. about Nate, Nate Davis back and close to what Nate Davis was previously is a huge upgrade. Tevin Jenkins back and not having Lucas Patrick and Cody Whitehair, who honestly, Whitehair has been terrible too, is a huge bonus. So, you were talking about the run game. So, here's, and again, this is just an easy way to look at it. It's not anything super analytical. But yards per carry. Herbert was 7.6 Fields was 5.2. That includes all those sneaks and those like running dives that he had, which take away a lot. And Roshan Johnson was 6.3. So that's, I mean, in blasting game, not a running back, but yeah, 3.3. But combined, that's a really good rushing team. There was one thing I wanted to kind of talk about in terms of just how conservative we got in the second half offensively. I have our total yards in the first half at 307. And our total yards in the second half at 139.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, right now it's so funny because the Bears offense feels like they are living off of DJ Moore yards after the catch because we just literally haven't seen it from anybody else. Like DJ Moore is the only guy on the Bears right now that is capable of shedding a tackle and running for five yards. And then he runs for 30 like on some of these balls. He, 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 looked, he
1: just looks like a cheat code. You know what I mean? Like you have that, you put in that cheat code when you're playing your video game or for the old school guys that know Tecmo Super Bowl. It's like have, playing with Bo Jackson. You're like, oh, cool. I'm just going to give it to Bo and just run through everybody. Yes. Like He's just playing at a confidence in a different level, but also you can see Fields throwing his way has this confidence in this different level too, which is also a big bonus. The other guy that I think is playing with some confidence is Cole Komet. I think he's playing well. Cole Komet's playing well. I mean,
0: I. it's always funky when we talk about Cole Komet, right? Because what did he do tonight, right? Did he did he catch a contested catch?
1: No, probably not. Did he separate in man coverage? Zone coverage. It, yeah,
0: right? And that's not me trying to dunk on the guy. It's, again, it's that whole, like, is he doing anything we didn't think he could already do? Not really. But if if Justin trusts him, then who cares? like good enough and and that's fine like if Cole Komet and DJ Moore are Justin Fields to somehow get out of jail free cards against zone coverage I'll say well not what I expected but you do you and and that'll be enough for me because that deep hook again yeah
1: the touchdown was that man coverage
0: the touchdown what I don't know that actually is a good question what would you call it it was.
1: I mean, it was a matchup for sure. Like either zone or man. Like it's the, the same thing. Background I
0: ran into trouble with this on Twitter just the other day, where I said that the bear, that Denver was playing man coverage the entire first half. A lot of people could argue that they were playing forms of match coverage the first right. half, but to me, there's a point where it's like, okay, but yep. but that's kind of ends up the same place. Yep. Uh, but so within that, did I don't know, but all the same, all the same. Like the weapons are producing where we thought they should, right? Mm-hmm. And that's so awesome. That's mm-hmm. great. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so. what do you yeah, think about Roshan's injury? Uh, that sucks. It was I'm, on I'm, the I'm, obvious play, right?
1: Yep. It, it, it was the huge collision play, the I the think. Massive I like, collision. Yeah. And and actually thinking of concussions, I was like, is Fields going to get one after he got suplexed on oh, his head?
0: I, you know, it's so funny you say that. I have never seen Fields run with the strength that he did, uh, that he ran on that second and six, where he only got three yards. But I mean, he went straight into the linebacker he even put like the ball into the linebackers helmet and held on yep. to it and it took a second tackler to bring him down I complain mm-hmm. a lot at times maybe too much about how I don't love it when the quarterback run game just exposes your quarterback to a blatant hit but mm-hmm. like that didn't look like Justin Fields rookie Justin Fields that's an instant fumble second year Justin Fields I I still think he gets whacked but that stalemate man like if we lost a little speed, but we gained a little power, you can figure that out because that's well, much more the Jalen Hurts flavor.
1: Well, you you look at yeah, and you look at the uh, the sneaks, right? The, the the tush pushes, whatever you want to call them. Funny, he was running power animals. on those too, and now we're converting those, and that's we a weird thought. We talked about this against Green Bay when you didn't do What's that and to we say. messed up. Can we can we go back to that a little bit because there is an element of
0: this that's like why the frick did this take so long? Yep. Like what th- this is, this isn't exactly the offense that I think you and I ideated in the off season, but it's damn close. Oh, it's like. getting way
1: closer. Yeah. Way closer. <laughs> and Plus like even tonight though, there's still some things with that where I'm like, Tyler Scott's the guy you want pushing. Like you don't want to put <laughs> Kari Blast game there. Like what are we doing? You know, but, but even, even despite that, he was running with a lot more conviction. And I don't know if that was him being a leader, knowing that I need to run with conviction because all we have is a fullback. The only one I question with him, right? The rest of the game, too, he had other good runs. Even I loved, loved him running at the end of the first half and getting down to run the clock down to the four. Such a smart move. Like thinking of that on the run was awesome. The only one I question is when he had the design run to the right, had a reverse field. You had Moody had the guy and Moore had the other guy. I thought he could have got way more yards or potentially take it. And he decides to just go down. I was like,
0: (laughs) I don't, I don't blame him for trying to make a play there. Anytime somebody reverses field. So it's totally just my perspective from draft film. But when you watch a bunch of draft film, you see guys pull that stuff off, right? Like, they'll they'll reverse field. They'll run it all yeah. the way back around. You go, no way. As you're watching the tape the first yeah. time, they get the edge and they bend it. In the NFL, that is nearly always a recipe to lose an extra five yards. Yeah. Like, it's...
1: No, no, I, I was okay with the decision, but then he decided totally. to kind of go down. Like, why not run and try and get way more? For all we know, he ran out of gas.
0: Like, yeah, he's he's been playing the game the whole time. Running all that distance is it's a lot. True. And so, I don't know. I I have no idea. I just assume that if a quarter, or I always assume that if a player sees daylight, they're probably going to take it. Like there's the whole running back vision thing, but that was pretty wide open. You know what I mean? Yeah. So no, I thought
1: it was too. Unless he was worried Moore was going to get a block in the back, which Moore was kind of iffy on. He was right. kind of just doing this. And um, here's here's some fun things. So so just transitioning a little bit. So here's his 17 game pace. Is 3,886 yards passing. 37 passing touchdowns, 17 interceptions, 95.1 QB passer rating. And over the last two games, he has a 67.1 completion percentage, 617 yards, 9.6 yards per attempt, eight touchdowns and one pick with a 131 passer rating. And that's including tonight, ton of throwaways and batted balls that like really just like, I mean in 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 theory I get that they count but like he's not real I mean those are just those suck you know
0: And that's the thing right so first of all it's hilarious how much one game can change things because I actually don't ask me why for some reason enough people tweeted his uh four game projection that I cannot believe I can tell you this but I actually have it memorized where Ooh. the the four game projection after last week was 3690 as opposed to
1: 3886
0: So we're up another 200 yards. It was 29 passing touchdowns as opposed to?
1: 37.
0: It was 21 interceptions as opposed to?
1: 17. So
0: we're decidedly trending in the right direction. And, Mm -hmm. I mean, there's a point where, God forbid, God forbid, like, already, you're talking 30 freaking 7 passing touchdowns? Like, you get to that point and you may, you may rattle the cage for a certain, well, you probably have to win at least six, seven games to honestly have a shot at MVP, like just Mm -hmm. to make it so clear what I'm angling towards. But all the same, it's a hell of a season. Now, we're Mm -hmm. two games into the good trend after three games of the bad trend. So we got to give it a little bit of time. And frankly, just pointing it out because I'm a scarred, scarred Bears fan, Nick, If he does ball out against Vikings and then balls out against the Raiders, I would still like to see him ball out at least a little bit (laughs) against the the meat grinder schedule that we get after that. Mm -hmm. But like, it's not going to be that difficult. Like, fingers crossed I don't embarrass myself saying this. It's not going to be that difficult to ball out against Detroit if you showed that you can be consistent against some of these other defenses, mm-hmm. they're not all the cream of the crop, but the bears no. don't really i mean, if I'm seeing it correctly, the bears don't really have that like creme de la creme defense on their schedule, right? Like no, so nearly their entire schedule is, I don't want to say they're all soft defensively, but by well, we, we and got, large,
1: we, we got one heavy hitter. So let, I'll go through it quickly. Um, and then I have, I have some more positivity to kind of talk. And through. we
0: haven't gotten to the defense yet, but we'll get right. To exactly.
1: That. Yeah. So we are home against Minnesota, terrible defense. Terrible defense. home against the Raiders, bad defense yeah, at right. Chargers, terrible defense. Yep, at Saints, I would say solid I to think good. It's a really good defense.
0: Their offense sucks, and right. especially if if car like the AC joint sprain worsens, worsens but that's a whole yeah. separate discussion. And
1: then, um, home against the Panthers, which I would say just middle of the road, their at offense. Detroit,
0: Their offense takes juice out of their defense, man. Like that's one of those, like, what's the opposite of complimentary football? Like vampiric football, like their offense is so bad. Well, well,
1: kind of used to be Chicago, right? You had this great defense and the offense couldn't keep them off the field. Right. Um, Then at Detroit, at Minnesota, home against Detroit. And then here's the, here's the good one at Cleveland. Oh yeah. And then Arizona, Atlanta, and then at the end of the year against green Bay.
0: And I am not saying Fields has to play great in all of those. I'm not even saying necessarily that Fields has to play like, I don't know, like really good in all of those. But I'll tell you what, Nick, just pointing it out, okay? If Chicago gets the number one overall pick, the decision might nearly be written in the stars. Fields would probably have to throw for 4,000 yards, and even then it's still a conversation just Mm. off of the rookie contract clock. But man, Nick, it won't take much for the Bears to end up with If Fields goes off the number three pick from Carolina and the number 11 pick from themselves. And at that point, Fields versus QB three, completely separate discussion.
1: Well, well, this, this is, this is what we talked about too, is like, if he becomes like the Justin Herbert, right? Like terrible defense, you're not winning a ton of games, you know, maybe make the playoffs. Maybe you don't, but, but you put up crazy good numbers it changes the narrative. And I think that's what you're leading into.
0: Right. And so either way, it's got to, we got to keep it up a little bit. Right. Yeah. But, but once you start putting some of these games on tape, so like, you got to remember that for anybody listening to this point, the hardest thing about the talking about Mitch Trubisky, just going all the way back, because this is the comparison that everybody keeps making. Okay. So I'm, I'm really not afraid to talk about like, let's go. Let's compare Justin. Let's compare Mitch. Everybody yeah. can see, that Justin has a higher ceiling. We have nearly never gotten there. Like we we haven't really even gotten close. We got the rookie version of him against the Pittsburgh or against the Pittsburgh Steelers and 2 years later people were still bringing it up after week 1, week 2. I was bringing it up. I think we were bringing it up of just like where is that guy? And yeah. we're getting closer. Like well, Denver Well this, was-
1: this, this, this is these, these are his best two games. Maybe in his career, you could argue maybe Miami last year. Best two games of his career back-to-back now.
0: And I think it's so funny because I would argue that this game, I mean, it had phenomenal results, but like, hear me out, everybody. I thought Fields was as close as you'll get to the game manager version of Fields that still flashed the arm. There are yep. a lot of games that a lot of really good quarterbacks play just like this. The all Every year, every year, Patrick Mahomes is going to have a game where he doesn't really have to do much, but his team makes plays around him and somebody else gets all the credit. Brock Purdy, he's going to have these games. Lamar Jackson, he's going to have these games. It is normal to have a game where you run a healthy offense and the, the rest of your teammates lift up your statistics because that's what good quarterbacking is. But the big problem we had with Fields compared to Mitch was that Mitch had a Pro Bowl. Doesn't matter if he was the sixth alternate. He had a Pro Bowl. (laughs) Mitch had a playoff appearance. Doesn't matter if it was the defense that brought him there. He had a playoff appearance.
1: Two, two, I believe, right? Do you have uh, two of them?
0: Well, technically, when we were in like 2019, the second one hadn't happened yet. But you're totally right. Exactly. So Fields, this is his sixth win. I mean, wins aren't a QB stat, and I understand that. But nope. especially, Nick, when we were teetering on the edge of, like, the Bears blowing this game. I remember mm-hmm. saying to a friend of mine, I don't think this one's f- is Fields' fault. Like, w- even less so than Denver. Where Denver, at least there's like a, well, an offensive turnover that turns into a touchdown really, really yep. hurts. But yep. with this one, pretty much spotless. Like, you can't blame him out instead of blaming the entire offensive unit. So if he's the quarterback of a team that blows this game twice, like it's especially in back-to-back weeks, what do you say? And then he's not, he's the quarterback that throws a strike. It could have just been a first down. Who cares? The fact that yep. it turned into a touchdown is neat. But if you told me that he finished that day with 244, uh, like 240 ish, some odd yards, like three scores, 50 on the ground. Thumbs up, man. Yep. Like, yep. Really yep. strong Thursday night performance. Look at what Joe Burrow's doing. Like, look at what Derek Carr does half these weeks, right? Yep. Like, yep.
1: Yeah, and, t- and this is and it's it's prime time in front of everybody. This was a this is an interesting tweet that I I put out September 29th, and I keep bringing it up because I like to pat myself on the back. So, and I don't know if I brought this up on the pod yet, but I did some research and I said Justin Fields might just be a slow starter in the NFL, right? And His rookie year, his worst two quarterback passing rating games were weeks two and three. The second year, two of his three worst games were weeks two and three. I'm like, what if his second and third games against Tampa Bay and Kansas City were his worst two games of this season? And now he's starting to crush it. So it it literally is possible. Maybe he's just a slow starter.
0: I mean, it could be. And again, we're two games into the other direction, but... Sue us. That's all we have to work off of. Right. And especially since I would argue that Fields just played the hardest defense that between Denver, Washington, Vegas, and Minnesota, that's the hardest defense he's going to get over the next couple of games. Now, it doesn't mean that he's going to throw for 400 yards to next weekend. Like, that would be, it'd be great, but I doubt it, right? But it's just looking at the picture as clearly as we can, I guess, Nick, and being like, no, this was good. And yep. it was holistically good and things get tough. We've talked about this in the preseason, but things get tough with the rookie quarterback contract because this is next year would be fields year four and you better be ready to push for a championship. And how do you navigate potentially firing the head coach? I mean, look, let me ask you this. Do you still want to fire Matt Eberflus? Yes. So how do we <laughs> navigate this?
1: Right. <laughs> Because he's not, he's, I don't think he's a solution. The defense isn't a solution.
0: No, I don't, I completely agree with you. I honestly think that just to segue into the defense a little bit, that Sam Howell is just a roller coaster. Like,
1: can can, can I tell you one other offensive thing? Yeah, give it to me. Give it to me. So, so DJ Moore's 17 game pace. Oh, it's crazy. So, so it's crazy, but there's one thing that makes it even more crazy. Okay. So, 92 receptions. 1,805 yards, 17 touchdowns. So that right there, insane, right? Right. But, but, players that put up numbers like that have 150, 160, 180 targets. DJ Moore's on pace for 116 targets. Like, like that is stupid. Like, that's like, that'd be the most efficient season in history by like a mile. So, We need to get him more targets.
0: (laughs) You know, you almost make it sound, uh, Nick, like DJ Moore is in fact on the level of Stefan Diggs, is in fact on the level of AJ Brown. Like, Mm. maybe not literally, Mm. because that's the thing, man. Because there are so many people that want to look at a guy like Stefan Diggs, who's just this route technician, beautiful separator. And they look at him and they say, wow, he rules because they've seen that archetype win. That's A-B, right? That's so many receivers throughout history. And then what's the other archetype people love? The huge dude that's pretty good at running routes. Mike Evans. Physical dominator. Yeah, Mike, Mike Evans. People keep wanting to tell each other that that's Justin Jefferson, even though Justin's kind of his own guy. Right, yeah, DJ Moore is the Debo model, and everybody underrates the wide receiver that's secretly a running back. Right, the guy who is just untackleable when it comes to the way DB's try to hit him because he's what, like, it's the one time that I can actually say with legitimate confidence, Nick, and I mean this being somewhat shorter is a legit positive when it comes to your wide receiver contact balance because you're just so and when you drop your hips you like we've saw with tonight twice you'll put your arms on him and when he spins around you just fly off like dj moore roots himself in the ground and makes these run after catch plays that we were dreaming of him making Mm -hmm. with fields this rules like that that kind of pace is insane and it's the kind of pace forgive me because this isn't what I think anybody would expect. That makes me say, yeah, you paired that guy with Marvin Harrison. You're done. Like you got, you're done at receiver. You're fine. You're done. It's over. And you're, you're good at receiver for another three years. Whatever that looks like, whoever's throwing the ball. And I don't know things. uh, Let's talk real fast. Just really quickly about the quarterback thing. Right. I know we've kind of been alluding to it, but let's talk very directly about it right Nick where are you at on the how much do you want Caleb Williams how much do you think it's risky I know there's gonna I know there's at least one Bears listener out there that is trying to figure out how they feel about the fact that they they were out now they feel like they can easily get back in again but they've been burned by this before it felt awfully whether good or bad we didn't know but it felt at least like a clean decisive cut to be Mm -hmm. done at 0-5. And, and now they're not. Now they're one and four. And if this Bears team shows up, who knows? They could be three and four in yeah. two weeks' time. So, how do you feel about getting back into the uncertainty pool? Do you like the uncertainty pool? Do you think that there's a viable way to come out of this with Justin Fields as a franchise quarterback? Or honestly, do you feel like it's gonna take it's gonna take even more than what we're seeing right now?
1: I well, obviously, like I don't know that he can keep keep this pace up because throwing for four touchdowns every game is gonna be pretty ridiculous. But um, okay, Caleb Williams is amazing. Like, I mean, me and you, we 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 do film. I've done college prospects for a long time. He's amazing. His talent level, there's probably five quarterbacks right now that I can name that I would take over him. So this isn't just like a Justin Fields thing. This is like, I have, um, I would take him over CJ Stroud. Yeah. And CJ Stroud is balling right now, but like he's not at that level. And you see, I mean, you know, Mahomes, Allen, um, Herbert. I still take Herbert over him. Like, like there's a few, and then I would take Williams. So that's where I'm at with that. But the biggest issue for Chicago, and we're seeing this right now, is. Last year he didn't have weapons, right? Right off of the line. We're seeing some of that the year before. Like now he has a legit receiver and you're like, man, is this what it would have looked like if Allen Robinson didn't like quit on the Bears?
0: And I mean or
1: you know, like like this, that's what I'm going through in my mind. So right. for me, I I want to build, no matter what, the structure so it can be Brock Purdied. He doesn't have to be a superhero. He can dump. He's got guys. You can scheme things. The The team around him will help win games and doesn't have to be the quarterback having to throw for 300 yards and four touchdowns to win a game.
0: Right. And I mean, th- what gets complicated, of course, is what do you, I mean, the other thing about this is that like the number one pick was never a guarantee. We were always four weeks into the season, like mm-hmm. that life comes at you fast right? And for all we know, Carolina could not win a game all season, but going back to something you said earlier, because I just realized that I, I did get lost, but now I remember what I was going to say is <laughs> we, we, another one of those double standards we talked about like corner corners are good. No, they're not. Or rookie corners are good. No, they're not. Rookie quarterbacks are good. No, they're not. Uh, quarterbacks with no weapons are unilaterally bad. You don't see any quarterbacks that really play star football outside of maybe Mahomes, If you want to go there, but people I mean, I mean, I with- mean,
1: yeah, yeah. Cause I was gonna say Herbert, his rookie year balled out, but he had Keenan Allen and Mike Williams.
0: He had stars. Uh, Austin Eckler. Austin Eckler yeah. was balling in that rookie year. Like, yeah. and and so then in first two games of this season, suddenly the Chiefs don't score more than twenty in back to back weeks mm-hmm. because Travis mm-hmm. Kelsey's not healthy, and people start going, "As Mahomes lost the touch." Come on, people. Yeah. But yeah. so Bryce Young, for instance, looks awful, and my brother. Oh crazy as he is, was like, well, I actually like Nico Collins. And when I talked to him about the Stroud thing, like I think Stroud's ballad, but it is hilarious when you look around the league, Josh Allen, his second year, pretty pedestrian, gets Stephon Diggs, goes on a tear. And DJ Moore in this game. I mean, this was no doubt in my mind, because this is, we have to do, especially as We Bears fans heal, whatever that looks like from our quarterback scars, we have to be able to have games where we go, DJ Moore did that and kudos to Justin Fields for giving DJ Moore the opportunity to do that. Yeah, but yeah. DJ Moore's first star of the game, so to speak. And mm-hmm. and that's fine because we, we are in this place where we're going to hyper-criticize Fields for everything, right? Mm-hmm. Assuming that every other quarterback in the NFL does things super great every time. Mahomes is going to have a game just like he had against the Jets where, I mean, the guys throwing picks left yeah. and right.
1: Well, well, Joe Burrow threw three picks against the Bears. Remember that game?
0: Joe Burrow. Yeah. And that was his good season. I thought you were going to yeah. talk about this season, but like season, he ends up going to the Super Bowl. He throws three picks in three plates, three picks in three plates. I've never seen it before. Yep. But so within that, like, I, I do think that there's an aspect here of like, we have to get outside of our own heads where we say, well, this is who Fields is when Roughly 25 of the ga- the data, that 25 games worth of the data that we have with Fields, he didn't have an NFL standard offense around him. No. And you could argue he still doesn't have like an NFL great offense around him. But hot damn, if your offensive line can play like that week in, week out, you got a pretty good team.
1: Well, what well, you you would think better. You think with Jenkins maybe starting the whole game and having rapport then with them and then I haven't heard anything on Braxton Jones, but if he comes back, then it's at least the starters you intended to have. Right. And So it could get better.
0: And I mean, it's not a bunch of great defenses and w- we, you and I could sit here and fret about what's field's going to do when he plays San Francisco. Don't don't bring up week 1 like last year. What what's like we, you and I could sit here and fret like what's field's going to do when he plays like good defense beat the Cowboys would be another man. Another defense. It's so funny. Cause all the good defenses that I can name fields has a recent game where he j- like either beat them or played really well against them.
1: Miami. Um, you want to bring them up?
0: Well, are they good though?
1: Are they on defense? They're, they're not bad. They got Vic. They have, they are not doing bad. They now just they've got, they, they just got hung 41 on, them. <laughs> Buffalo.
0: but totally, but totally like it's, it's more just funny looking at this thing where, I mean, we, when, when people like you and me end week one, and we say the best part about week one is that it's one game and he's got a whole season and everybody yep. goes, Phil sucks. You gotta be kidding me. Like it's over. He's so a when, running back It's the point where I believe it after week three. And I'm like, man, this thing's probably headed in the wrong direction. What yeah. a terrible season. Yeah. Like at least we've got some positivity to look forward to in the draft. No, he gets 17 for a reason. Now there's before we get to the defense, I know, but I I'm just dying to talk about this. How do you navigate a a season where you potentially fire Eberflus while Justin Fields still potentially proves he's the answer? Like if Eberflus goes on to continue giving up 25 in nearly every game, but uh, beyond our wildest expectations, Fields pulls wins out anyways in some yeah. of these games. Do you do you still fire? The guy who's now in his second year. Yes, I mean, I mean, because maybe not you. Does George McCaskey still fire the guy? He's not
1: George. George is in charge. I mean, Marty Schottenheimer got fired after winning thirteen or fourteen regular season games. You know, I mean, guys can get moved on from. Ray Rhodes got fired from Green Bay after he was what eight and eight or nine and seven one year. Like, like, there's times when it's like, hey, this just isn't working, regardless of what the outcome is. Or sometimes you hang with a guy, actually, like you know what? I see it working, even though we're not winning games. But right now, none of those things are going together. Iberflus on a night when it wasn't warm was sweating bullets. And the second I was like, "Oh my gosh, someone please make a play! I need to win a game!" Like you saw it, right?
0: Oh yeah. I mean, honestly, I thought they were totally going to lose. Like yeah. this, this team has a real problem where when it rains, man, it pours, and it. We saw it against Denver in the most obvious fashion where it's almost like the team's looking up at the scoreboard wondering when they're going to lose where they go gee for a game where we're supposed to lose we're up by an awful lot huh hope nothing goes wrong and and then obviously you invite disaster i mean obviously we still hate I i assume i'm gonna rope you in on this we still hate a lot of the third down defense we still don't love a lot of their edge rushers. Andrew Billings made a huge play to open the game on that third and inches guy. where he he's just, made multiple
1: I plays. I'm like, I love that guy. What a guy. Right. Number yeah. 97. Well, you know what? The, the The one thing is like he's really good at disrupting and getting in there and, you know, run stuffing and whatever. He made the tackles. Tonight, because that was one of the things he didn't finish the tackles. He actually made the tackles. Which... He
0: gets coffee tonight because he was closing. Yeah. Like... You, you know,
1: you know, one thing, though, the, and this is just like at the end of the game, like we're, you know, we're teeing off and we're getting the sacks, which is just odd for us. And then Rasheem Green got one. I was like, man, Rasheem Green even got a sack tonight. <laughs> like, this is like, what is going on?
0: Oh, it was the Twilight Zone. Like yeah. the whole game, especially that first half was like literally, Nick, I'm not even playing. You go back, you listen to our pregame pod. And somebody comes in and uh, in an unfortunate accident, they somehow see a Bears jersey and they think it's the commanders for the entire game. So therefore, they they have interpreted the game with the jerseys flipped. It would have been equally believable. Oh, like yeah. a game where the Bears offense gets stuck in the mud immediately and Howell just walks up and down the field against some terrible mm-hmm. Bears corners, loft deep ball after deep ball. I, I would have figured, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah.
1: yeah. What? Now, now. If we're talking about some some hope here, okay, because there's there's some more negative. We'll talk about the Bears' defense. There's so much of it to do. If we want to talk about a little bit of hope, we have we have extended break here till we play the Vikings, which again we talked about that extra time really favors teams to win the next game. I think it gives it's like fifty eight percent, right? And it's at and they're at home. There's a good chance Jalen Johnson is back, and they need him. Eddie Jackson is back. You probably need him too. I haven't heard anything. It's possible Kyler Gordon is back. Your intended secondary could be starting by next week, which was monumental because it's, I mean, I knew who they were because just because we do this business, like who are those guys that are out there right now? Like, and, and also Sam Howell, who always throws to the right, by the way, which I noticed this I don't know if you notice it, like he always, always <laughs> throws to the right. Just keep throwing the five-yard hitcher, five-yard out, man. They're bailing. Jalen Jones isn't going to make a play.
0: Seriously. I mean, it, he looked like, because Eddie Jackson came out, I'm shocked. I am shocked. The Bears won a game where their safety, who was not playing, walked out and said, yeah, you know, I mean, we're just going to try to shift things up on the back end because Sam Howell's not really too good at reading defenses. And I was like, what? You said yeah. that? Like out loud. shot's fired. Shots fired. <laughs> like and Sean's fired, but that's like that bulletin board material. I feel like teams have a horrible record when they give the when they give their opponent bulletin board material, but that's totally anecdotal. And so oh, forgive me. It's almost midnight. Can't you tell? Uh, yeah. <laughs> but uh so,
1: yeah, so, so so by the way, just because I was curious, because right. he ended up with like some numbers, but garbage time too. Howell threw the ball 51 times. He was 37 of 51, 388 yards, two touchdowns, a pick, and sacked five times. By the way, they, they they charted fields with three sacks, by the way. Again, it happened where it was a designed run, and it's tackle new line scrimmage, sack. I'm like, that is BS.
0: Man, even if like three sacks on a 10% sack rate for fields would be pretty normal compared Dude, it to was his 14% three, sack rate.
1: Three sacks for nine yards only.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's not bad, especially yeah. since against this defensive line. It, it's so funny. You looked at the game plan. It felt as if the game plan was to stretch wide receivers deep and take deep shots. If they're there, great. If they're not, then you either have your zone answer or you just throw it away. And
1: how how many? You're right. How many? I'm just curious if you. If you looked, but how many rushing yards do you think Brian Robinson had this game?
0: Oh, man, I thought you were going to tell me fields. I knew that Uh, Brian Robinson. Did he have one?
1: He has 10 yards on six carries.
0: Damn, that is awful. That's the thing, though. You and I talked about this. The Bears defense kind of spicy against the run have been all season long. The Mm -hmm. only runner that I watched legitimately gash them was wasn't Pacheco. It wasn't uh it wasn't even AJ Dillon. It's Aaron Jones. And I don't know why Aaron Jones didn't get well, called more in that. J- game. Jaleel
1: McClellan or last week too. He, no, no one could tackle that guy.
0: Nobody could tackle him, but like, especially in a game like that that was so up and back, I couldn't help but feel like Aaron Jones was the guy where you were teed up to stop him and you still didn't. Whereas with yeah, McClellan, no, no, you're right. especially no, that. at that point, he was he was eating up rushing yards in a game where they were down two scores. Hey. I would have let anybody eat up rushing yards there.
1: So so let, let's get into something that's negative on the defense. Yeah, let's. Can they tackle? Well, and they okay, all of them. And then Tremaine Edmonds, come on, bro. Yeah, you, you got to do something at some point here. Tackle yeah. somebody.
0: Yeah, Tremaine Edmonds is um, he's
1: kind of struggle struggling. bus. He's
0: kind of struggling. <laughs> and I why mean- like,
1: like you? You're you're reverting back to that second, third year guy that we we're like, that's not him. And now it's like maybe that's who you are. I think TJ like Edwards is playing well still.
0: I can't help but think that a lot of the teams or a lot of the guys that are playing well are guys who are either in relatively niche down roles. So That's like Greg Stroman, right? Mm-hmm. Or it's guys who have been coached by somebody else. I hate putting it that way. But like Andrew Billings is a mercenary from all over the place. And Tremaine Edmonds played on one team. TJ Edwards is a UDFA who's with one of the best coaching staffs ever. You can tell Tremaine Edmonds is the one who played a specific role in a different defense somewhere else may not be adapting. Like we would have hoped he would. Well,
1: DeMarcus Walker played again. Well, again tonight, I thought,
0: right? And I mean, kudos to him. I really expected 72 good old Charles Leno to be a little bit more of a lockup guy, but the bears got hit The bears got theirs and Sam held, Onto the ball forever for most of the game. He did forever. Like it's one of those where you knew he was going to, but man.
1: <laughs> and, then, and then some and then they end up with five sacks. They should have had eight or nine. They couldn't oh tackle goodness. him. He looked like Jen
0: Roethlisberger for a minute. Man. I know.
1: And and here's one thing, okay. I know I know I've been critical of Fluus and whatnot. You know, I gotta give him this. It didn't, it didn't always work. He dialed up some blitzes. It's like, what? What is this blitz like? I saw, I saw the linebackers mugged up, and then they failed go back, and then came. Finally, I was like, yeah,
0: finally they used like mug fronts and like normal defense. They did this against Washington last year too, where mm-hmm. Allen Williams suddenly picked Washington to empty the mag with cool defensive stuff, oh, and, and then they shut Carson Wentz out. And the week after that, I can't remember who they played, but they abandoned it all, went back to stale-like stuff, and they liked it. Now, one thing I thought was really interesting, a defensive coach friend of mine pointed out that Washington must really, really like what the Bears checked to on empty because they ran empty the entire second half. And I mean, I I think there was a point where the commanders hadn't even run the ball once in the second half. They just Mm -hmm. went straight college-style spread option passing
1: yeah. That that's what I wanted Chicago to do. They, when you don't have a running back, and you're like, uh, how is this going to go? Spread them out. You can even I don't care. You can put Tunyon or Lewis attach him, and you want to have like basically six old linemen, whatever. Like, but go empty. Make them declare right, and then pick your matchup. Totally. And for whatever reason, I mean, I think it
0: could be easily like it could be anything from comfort to this or that. Like Fields isn't all the way there yet, and that's fine because mm-hmm. if we could. We we talked about this way back in the, the week two postgame pod where one of the most frustrating parts about watching fields in that game was that there were times where read one was open and we didn't throw the ball. And it was like, yeah. what are we doing? Like mm-hmm. you maybe I want a quarterback. They can get to read four because sometimes I can be, you know, I can basically fall in love with backup quarterbacks, to be completely honest with you. Like you have no idea how in on Nick Foles I was. I mean. The guy won some crazy games in Chicago. That's not a conversation we're getting into. And,
1: and the Super Bowl.
0: Oh, yeah. I Obviously, everybody knows about the Super Bowl. But I'm even saying the Chicago tenure wasn't as bad as some people
1: make it out to be. But the point
0: is, the point is, if Fields
1: can Oh, oh now you got me going down that. Remember that Atlanta comeback?
0: Oh, my gosh. Not just the Atlanta comeback. The one I always point to is that in the middle of a dead-loss season with nothing going right. Uh, Fields, or what was it? Foles and wide receiver one, Jameer Bird, like, went into Seattle and ripped the Seahawks' hearts
1: out. Wasn't there, like, snow, too?
0: Snow. It took the third and 14, like, post up to Jimmy Graham. Then you had to
1: hit the two point conversion. To like for, oh it. my gosh. This is, you, game. you know, there's like three listeners right now. They're like, Oh, I remember that game. And everyone's like, I, I blocked
0: that part of my memory. A out. lot of, a lot of bears quarterbacks have come in and looked like Trevor Simeon. Let me just put it that way where they came yeah. in, they played one game. It was freaking terrible. Cordell Whereas, Stewart, <laughs> Nick, Foles, Nick Foles beat Tampa. In a Bears uniform, Nick Foles came back against Atlanta. He beat,
1: he beat Tom Brady. Yeah,
0: that's what I'm saying. Like, that overtime New Orleans game, they were Roquan Smith catching that pick six away from winning. Like, there were there were a bunch of those. That's a separate conversation. With <laughs> Fields, to go back to it, like, if we can hit a point where we can run double slant, and if Fields doesn't like it, because did you see this? We ran double slant. Fields didn't throw it. I I wouldn't be surprised if it was open. Like uh, Tom Brady open, but Luke Getzey had figured out that they're going to follow the guy. And so if you run double slant and they leave, roll out and take the yards. And that was a like 12 yard run. And we ran it on time. That is a run within structure. That's using Justin Fields in a way that plays his strengths. And I mean, going back to talking about, I'm not saying Fields is Russell Wilson. Because this looked similar, but not exactly the same as like some of those old Russell Wilson games. But Nick, Russ didn't develop as a passer until like year four, year five. Like yeah. the let yeah. Russ Cook era came later. And it so didn't. there there actually are precedents, if you dig deep enough, for quarterbacks blossoming <laughs> pretty late <laughs> as passers <laughs> in the league. Well, well,
1: Ben Roethlisberger was basically just a check down guy, great defense, run the ball until. Later on, we got some receivers and they needed him to throw. Everybody remembers Aaron Rodgers at his peak, Matt Stafford at his
0: peak, uh, what Matt Ryan at his peak, Tom Brady at their peak, Peyton Manning at their peak. Like all the people that you think of that you go, well, that guy doesn't look like him. Yeah, partially because we always hold him up to the standard of a nine year NFL vet. Like, that's the whole problem with a rookie quarterback. Bryce Young comes in. People call him a quote-unquote coverage genius. And I'm like, he's a rookie. Like, he hasn't seen Jesse Bates move in disguise. And then he Mm -hmm. didn't. And Jesse picked off two passes in his first game against Atlanta. The point being that if you and I, Nick, see not just, like, sustained high-level play. Like, the statistics over the last two weeks, totally there. And up against Minnesota and Las Vegas, they may still be there. But we actually had pretty decent statistics against Green Bay too, right? Yep. Like statistics can lie to you. Where In that game, he had 215, a couple rushing yards, I think two touchdowns and a pick. But anybody who watched the game would not say that that's exactly what they saw on tape, yep. right? Yep. Yep. And so it'll be super cute. – I'm super interested to see what happens. Fields was without a doubt a huge part of the offense. We threw a touchdown out of the middle of the Degum field in the Mm -hmm. end zone. Like, Mm -hmm. yes, sir. Yes,
1: sir. (laughs) On time. Yeah. And it's, and so here's, here's where it goes right now, because like I I mentioned this before, but like now with Tevin back, I mean, I feel way better about the run game, which will blend together everything. And with the DBs, they, I mean, they're going to have 10 days. They'll be back. At least two of them should be back. Because if not, they would have went on IR. So to me, I think like they were close and they will be back. Now, when you start looking at some of these games, like Minnesota, the Raiders, obviously the Panthers, I mean, maybe Saints. I mean, heck, maybe Chargers. Who knows? You know, you go down the list, you're like, we we might have some more wins here. And like, like you said, three and three? You just put up
0: 28 points and you lost by three. Or, and then or you put up 40. What'd you say?
1: So I said three, and three, I said three and, four. Three and Sorry. Four.
0: You Then you put up 40. And in fact, you did not lose. Like to me, if there's something to be said here, I have never seen this before, Nick, because traditionally when the Chicago Bears choose to receive the opening kickoff, it is a death knell. Like I've, I bet you've seen it too. I have, I have seen the bears do this before where they do the whole Matt Hasselbeck. We want the ball and we're going to score. And it ends just like it did for Hasselbeck nearly every time. I mean, nearly every time this game, lo and behold, Nick, I actually think we saw a football game where the bears wanted the ball, they scored. Sam Howell, like, or Sam Howell put them in a third and inches, and Andrew Billings made a massive play. The -hmm. Bears took the ball, they went down, they kicked a field goal, which suddenly now Sam Howell's down ten points. They go three and out. Those happen. Bears score again, and from that moment, I would argue the Bears score stole another two stops out of the half off of just pressure. Your offense can play a little defense for you.
1: You know what I'm saying? Well, and and honestly, what along with pressure is this is something that we won't we have not seen, and I would say for a while. I mean, you could say a year because we haven't won, but confidence, right? We saw right. fields and more and offense. Honestly, today playing with confidence because they built off of last week. The defense, well, like the whole team won a game. You know, Santos was perfect. Like you could. Gill had a pretty good punt, I thought. Like, like everyone, if they if they build the <laughs> way to up,
0: get that Trent and Gill mentioned in <laughs>
1: hunters are people too. So you want to like keep building confidence. Like, we've just been like just beat down Allen Williams stuff, Chase Claypool stuff, you lose to Green Bay to start the year, like all this negative. Now you start getting some positive. You don't know what can come from that, you know. And this right. could this be a 2022 Lions story? As long as you have the quarterback that's, and I'm going to say it, special, you don't know what could happen.
0: I mean, and you don't, right? And it's awesome that we saw this. I think quarterbacks come in all kinds of different flavors. And if there's anything that Fields, I'm going to be really interested to see what happens when Fields eventually faces a defense like the Chargers. And the Chargers are bad, so that may not be the best example here, right? But a too high base defense, and this was a too high base defense, somehow – The Bears still got people running wide open left and right, and I'm a scrub, and while I love the All-22, I am a sucker for wanting to know what happened on every play. I'm the guy who still looks at Twitter, even though Brad Biggs is going to beat me to it, because you know what? If he's going to tweet that DJ Moore is about to score a touchdown, yeah, I want to know before it happens. Like, that's that's who I am. So I did not watch this with Prime Vision. I'll probably go back and see if I can find the Prime Vision broadcast just for a quick look at the All-22, because... I don't know how you feel, Nick. I'm dying to know how they got so many guys so,
1: so yeah. open. <laughs> yeah, yeah well, well, yeah, you want to see if they, like, if they evolve. But here's the other thing, too, about confidence. Like, maybe it's a Getsy thing. Like Because after the first couple games last year, the New England game happened. And we started getting some confidence in terms of Getsy was dealing and, and, sh- and shifting the offense to fields his strengths. And that's happening again. Like, so you're like... It could it could be all dialed up well right now. And like you talked about, I mean,
0: fields did start really slow in 2022. We mm-hmm. had some hard conversations around that Texans game because it was terrible. There's yep. no changing that it was terrible. We just put the pieces back together afterwards. And I think one of the most interesting plays in this game, seriously, it's so so boring. It's one of the most dull plays in this game, was that z- throw, zone throw to Cole Komet because he had to buzz it between two underneath his own defenders which he has flat out not been doing like yeah. if he if he has even tried it it's gotten picked off and so we completed it how tight was the coverage what did field see these are things that I know I want to review because yeah. if we can start to taper down some of those if we can Russ Wilson did not attack the middle every game in fact Russ mostly avoids the middle generally well, you speaking can't see
1: you can't see right <laughs> the-
0: And it's unsafe over there. But so long as we avoid Kansas City-style interceptions or, God forbid, week one-style interceptions where we throw straight into a linebacker, Mm
1: -hmm. if we can
0: get over the middle, even vaguely, that's going to be a real boon for a Bears offense that right now is getting way, way, way down the sidelines. Because the more you start to see cover four and cover three, that tries to limit the Bears' big plays, the more you're going to have room underneath to pick up five yards, pick up eight yards, pick up some of the first down conversions that are so unbelievably frustrating when Sam Howell hits a receiver at the five, or, like, hits a receiver five yards downfield, and he turns up field, breaks a tackle, dives between two defenders, picks up a third and 13. Don't ask me about it.
1: And It's a tight (laughs) end. It's a tight (laughs) end yeah well also also that's that's again if they start backing off that's running lanes too i think the one thing too right now that gives hope is that and again it's a two game sample 40 points there's not just one
0: thing that gives them right right
1: yeah yeah but two two games of playing awesome is this is now giving us a feel of the Justin Fields we saw in an Ohio state out of college. Like, like right. this guy who he didn't run in college that much. He threw and he was just on and he was really accurate and he was on time and he took deep shots. Like this is kind of that guy. And so it is. again, if you put, if you put three of them together, it could be a lot of hype.
0: I don't know how you would do it. I don't, but if there's some weird world where the Bears can end up with just low enough of a record that firing Fluuse is an afterthought. But Fields can play well enough where he kind of ruins the draft spot. Like, it's not the most definitive answer in the world. We won't know if Fields is the the dude until new coach comes in. But that would be awesome. <laughs> if like if the Bears, because I am a little worried, lowercase W worried, and I promise I'm not being negative for negative sake, that Fields redeeming himself and becoming the Bears franchise quarterback might save Fleuse's job outright just because he's connected to a good thing. I but, don't know.
1: But honestly, if that happens, I'm not sure that I care because we have a quarterback. That so either that would way, be great. No matter what happens here, I feel like we're gonna get a quarterback. Because I mean, with even if our record gets better, Carolina is likely gonna be bad. So either you're gonna get that guy. Or Fields has proven enough. And in the end, that's what we need. So it so- is,
0: but the defense has to be better if we're going to compete. Yep. Like that's that's the only thing is I so philosophically disagree with the defense. Because that's the thing. Like for anybody listening, there there were multiple on the two point conversion, on multiple third downs plays where Kirk Herbstreet is sitting there saying, I mean, this is totally open. I don't know why he didn't throw it, but Dude, for so- some reason oh. he didn't.
1: The two point conversion. I thought they were banjoing that. Is that what you thought?
0: I didn't look that hard. Uh, I saw enough open space where if Howell had stepped into it and ripped it, I think he could. Well, because made
1: it work. so so for people, that, so so banjoing is like when there's a when there's two receivers out there, there's two DBs or defenders, whatever, and the outside guy will take the guy that breaks out. Insta guy will take the guy that breaks inside, and so they'll they'll pass things off because all those pick routes and stuff. And I thought Hicks was like at the end, he was like. I thought you were going to take the outbreaking route and that's why he hesitated to take that slant because I thought they were going to pass it off and he didn't. So like, again, with guys that have barely played, you're going to have miscommunication like that.
0: hundred percent. And I mean, I can see this disturbing world where, where Matty Berfloos goes, well, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. Chris Jones is about to hit free agency and we've got the money to pay him. And then you know what? You get me like a Dallas Turner. You get me a chop Robinson. You get me a Jared verse. Like just, you wait till you see this defense.
1: Latu, gonna, I like him from us. UC, UCLA. Yeah, I'm
0: going to sit there and I'm going to be like, no, 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 don't run this defense. <laughs> like it, but that's a conversation for another day. Uh, To me, at least, it did feel like, all right, let me ask you this, because we're starting to hit late enough that we're getting to follow or final thoughts here fairly soon. But do you feel like on the defensive side of the ball, the Bears defense won, the commanders defense lost? Where do you feel like the balance lies?
1: Uh, There's zero percent chance the Bears defense won. I think that the Bears defense just like didn't mess up at the same rate that they've messed up earlier this season. And I think the, I think the commanders defense definitely lost. I mean, you want to think of watching all 22. You're telling me that we couldn't throw in the second half and they were beat up the two guys left DB wise. Right. And they already, and they benched another guy. Like there were other lanes that were open. I mean that DJ Moore down the sideline, another touchdown, the one that we just missed DJ Moore on another one. Like they, they, they should have actually, I think blown this wide open. Well, so sir- I think that the the commander's defense didn't stop us at all.
0: Oh, let me make sure we're talking about the same thing. Uh, the Bears defense and the commander's offense. Oh, I may have said it backwards. And if I did, thank you for answering both. Um, uh- do you feel like the Bears defense won or do you think the commander's defense or commander's offense lost?
1: Commander's d- offense lost.
0: That's how I feel. Like it to me it's not an accident and I can't believe we didn't think about this in the pregame pod but this is one of those things that when you see it you know it right mm. If we were going to rank the quarterbacks that the Bears have played in terms of how much of a clinician are they Howell is 5th and it's not close Like even Love who had two that was his second start ever and his first as a full-time starter was more of a clinician in terms of the way he goes through the reads looks for what he's like, looks for what he's looking for and distributes the football. It's not that surprising when you think about it, that the guy who makes the most mistakes is the guy who's going to make the, the defense. It's just literally geared around. We're going to let you make your mistakes. Look the best. Right. Right. And I mean, Greg Strowman's fumble, badass. And the pick, badass.
1: Like, I mean, like, like what, Howell had 388 passing yards, 99.1 QB passer rating. And we think it's a disappointment because when you look at the, whatever, just like off the street peasants they put in the DBS area and then, and then, and then they're getting injured. You have to bring in other ones in like it is ridiculous. So to, we think that that should be better. That gives you an indication of like how poorly we think that they played. Plus a lot of that was in like Time that didn't matter either i
0: mean we're talking about i i assume it's a noontime game against the minnesota vikings like yep. you talk about these stats and every time you mention them i sit there and i'm like hot oh, damn the bears season i'll tell you what nick over the last couple weeks we're getting some stakes in these games like uh-huh. denver is do or die for both teams. And then just as we thought the bears were dead and buried, they unburied themselves. So now you're going to have either a two win or worse, a one win Vikings team squaring up the bears. And Kirk is so much better than Sam. Howell.
1: Okay. okay. You want me to give you a little hope though, to end this?
0: Oh, well, it's not about hope. Cause that could be a shootout with a capital S. Like, yes, it's
1: got, but let me get a little more. Okay. So we have the extra rest, Right. Right. Minnesota plays Kansas city this week at three twenty-five. So they've even less time to prepare.
0: It's, it's going to be awesome to see what happens from here. And I mean, this could be a wet and wild ride. Like we could end up in a real world. I, I can see it at least where maybe the touchdown numbers calm down because you got it. Okay. So I have never seen a team score this many passing touchdowns straight without a rushing touchdown. Have you? No. Neither have I. Like NFL teams are so, so goal line hungry when it comes to handing things to the running backs for, for obvious reasons that I am shocked that the Bears have now passed four touchdowns in a row. It just doesn't seem like it happens all that often. But anyways, we could look at a season. I'm just ideating it where the Bears technically finish with a passer that throws for 4,000 yards. And also, we don't win more than five games. Just because of like, you could see a shootout with Vegas even at this point. Just because if Sam Howell can do it, G.B.G., Justin Herbert, Kirk Cousins, Jared Goff, like, there's a lot of quarterbacks that fit the bill of the guys that are gonna rip these defenses up. Which is, I don't know, fine or not. It's it's a weird play. One and four is just such a weird record to talk about. Isn't it is this?
1: It, it <laughs> is. It is. And and but plus like. This is kind of like the best one and four that you can beat because your your young quarterback is balling, right? And it's like like if they like oh they lucked out because they had like five turnovers and it was a field goal game and the one by field goal you'd be like eh and
0: that's the other thing man. Out. maybe maybe there's another world and if it happens we'll revisit this and go ah oh, damn <laughs> right but maybe there's a world where field starts to make a habit of this outside rip to DJ Moore and then it gets pick six. In some big game, and we go, oh hell! Uh, (laughs) But tonight, none of these throws were turnover worthy. Like at least from what I saw, nothing was risky within the way the Bears played it. Now, were there moments where one of my favorite plays? By the way, as I'll consider this my final thought, Fields has been a mess of a quarterback. I we all love him, but when you go look at any advanced metric, his negative plays are way too negative, and they've been way too negative like yep. the positives were always there it was never a question of can he do the good thing it was always a question of when will he stop doing the bad thing kansas city practically buried fields about his and i don't even want to know the stats that they didn't include when they said fields over four seconds compared to mahomes over four seconds yep. 128 dropbacks for justin fields two touchdowns 42 percent sacks and it was like oh my god had yep, so yep. many sacks. Moving on. This game, I thought Fields did an exceptional job of staying out of trouble. We mm-hmm. saw him fling a ball to the sidelines that the NFL guy uh, that was like, or the Thursday Night Football rules analyst immediately got huffy about and said it absolutely should have been intentional grounding. I thought it should have been too. That's why you just throw it sometimes. Because worst case scenario, okay, they're going to mark it at the sack. But they didn't. And the Bears scored on that drive, if memory serves. They needed every yard. And so I loved the play that was way too high, but Fields tipped the snap to himself, ran forward, and picked up a first down. Like, I loved the plays where he just got out of the pocket and threw the ball away. Like, Fields did a great job in this game of not making things worse for himself. So the moments where he fanned on accuracy, the moments where he didn't quite get the throw where he wanted them to the moments where the referee didn't reward him. It became the offense's problem. Fields has had a habit to, to pivot off of where I'm going of making himself look like the best player on the team, because to be honest, he can kind of struggle sometimes at letting everybody else have their due his play style being so like sack focused and hold the ball forever and mm-hmm. run around a lot and don't throw it until anybody's open. can become very like if fields isn't on the whole offense is off and yes. in this yep. game my favorite thing about it Fields didn't look all the way on but he didn't have to
1: he no, did the things no. that he needed to do he, he, he was like he was glue at times
0: right he was he was
1: like keeping it together because like there was the one drive when it was like we took over at like the 50 mm-hmm. after the fumble that was like false start hold bad snap he had to throw away a couple it's like what what is this crap exactly
0: But you didn't see what we saw last week. You didn't see a crippling turnover that became a defensive touchdown. You didn't see what we saw a lot of last year, which was Fields going hero mode and hero mode backfiring. Eventually, Mm -hmm. we saw a clean game. And then on third and two, we saw Luke Getze trust Justin Fields, put the game away with your arm, and DJ Moore rewarded a... Perfectly fine throw. We don't need to make the throw more than it is. Like, do you remember those old Madden copies where if you threw a screen pass, the announcer would read sixty-two? Like the the game would clearly read that you threw a sixty-two-yard touchdown pass, and so the announcer's oh, yeah. line about that screen pass would be like, "What an unbelievable throw!" Did you see yep. the touch on this? Like yep. that kind yep. of thing about yep. a screen yep. pass. Like Fields didn't have. Fields had plenty of throws that were bangers, but. His his teammates are going to be a bigger story in this one. Mm-hmm. And that's okay. In fact, I would argue that's what we've needed to see. Because sure. Field, Fields the superstar, we've seen that one. But mm-hmm. to play quarterback in this league, you have to be able, like an MLB pitcher, to pitch around your fastball. You have to be able to go up there and deliver quality start when your stuff isn't all the way working. Fields yep. barely managed at above 50% completion percentage. But we still threw... Over 200 yards, three touchdowns, and most importantly, never gave Washington any anything on offense that would have helped them get back into the game themselves. Mm -hmm. That leaves me very excited and very curious to see what happens against a Minnesota team that is notorious for taking guys out of coverage with the blitz. So, if this offensive line brings their A game, man, and like the Bears pick up some blitzes, I mean, there could there could be Back to back to back weeks of fireworks, but yep. I don't want to get too far ahead of myself.
1: Mm-hmm. So, so in terms of like, I have I have two different things for like my final thoughts. Um, I'm I'm a little <laughs> not as long winded as you, so it probably won't take as long. Well, thank but you. so so here's um, here's kind of what I want to. I guess in terms of a team, the second half started the worst way possible. Three minutes into the second half, they scored eight points, the touchdown and the two-point conversion. Then all of a sudden, Chicago goes five plays and out really quickly. Washington gets the ball. Fumble. We got that one great, and then it was negative, negative, negative play, which we just talked about, and we punt again, and we're like, what the heck? We scored on every drive in the first half. The first two drives are, are terrible. They already got eight points, and then Washington drove 70 yards and got a field goal. It's like, here it is, right? Every, 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 the worst case scenarios, they're going to come back just like last week, like all this kind of stuff. And then Chicago put together a drive and got a field goal. And and then, you know, Washington put together a drive, missed a field goal, and then we respond back with a touchdown, which we talked about that drive. But that field goal drive, even that was not something that we really even had last week. Like, we didn't have that resiliency of like, you know what? Okay, cool. We're going to battle back with you. Right, And we had that, which I think is huge. When you think of like this confidence and like what this team could be is like, that's what a normal football game is. You're not just going to blow somebody out and then they're going to blow you out in the second half. You have to go back and forth. So we saw a little bit of that. So that's one thing. The other thing is this bears fans. You're here. You're still listening. Okay. We love you. Enjoy this. Okay. We've had a lot of crappy, crappy news. A lot of bad things happening this year. Justin Fields has just had two great games in a row. We just won a game in prime time, doubling a team's score. Everyone saw it. Wear your Bears gear tomorrow. Talk all the trash. You want to talk to somebody and enjoy this win.
0: Can't wait, man. Can't wait to get the tape for this one. Win tape. It's been been almost a year. It's been almost a year. But finally, people could stop posting the, the graphic about like, Here are all the teams that have won a game since Elon like bought Twitter. But anyways, Nick, where can folks find you online?
1: Uh, Honestly, just on Twitter. Let's just have fun on Twitter. So at at underscore Nick Whelan on Twitter. I won't even advertise any of my DFS stuff. Just get me on there and let's put up some fun field stats back and forth and interact with me. I'd love it.
0: Let's have fun. You can find me on Twitter at Robert K. Schmitz on YouTube at Robert Schmitz on the Bears vlog every day where tomorrow. Well, I guess now it's today. I uh, will we'll have, have some postgame thoughts up and then and then I will sleep. But until next time, Bears fans, thank you so much for hanging out with us. Rate us on whatever podcast app you're. Uh, you're on. We had eight last I saw from Spotify. Let's get those numbers up. Let's get some five-star ratings. And do send us DMs or not about where we can improve the podcast or comment on YouTube. We're reading those too. So mm-hmm. until next time, thank you so much for listening. Bear down. And thanks so much for bearing with us. Good night, everybody.